Welcome to Treasure Time Podcast, which is all about growing up happy. You're here with podcast hosts Sophia Giblin and Nicole McDonald, the founders of Treasure Time. And they're here to offer advice on building your children's resilience during difficult times. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for bite-sized, playful tips and activities that can easily be implemented straight away to help support your family's mental and emotional health and well-being. Hey, it's Sophia. And Nicole. Welcome to the Treasure Time podcast, Growing Up Happy. Today, we've decided to do a bonus podcast episode to end our first series. And our bonus is just in time for Mental Health Awareness Week. We've had such a good first podcast series. We hit number six in the charts for parenting in the UK. We also charted in the top 20 in Ireland and Japan. And we reached number three in Thailand, which is incredible. We've also received so many fab reviews and had thousands of listens. We wanted to share with you some of our favorites from the season. Favorite moments, favorite reviews, and our favorite takeaways. Absolutely. And we're also taking this opportunity to have a cheeky little drink together to celebrate the success. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe we've done a podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Season one, done. Incredible. Hey, thank you. <laughs> we've had some really amazing reviews on this podcast. And we love hearing reviews and we love hearing what people think about the podcast. But what we thought we'd start with in this episode is actually to hear some parents' voices, because that's a really lovely place to start. So here's one clip from our first Instagram dad friend called Dan, who sent us this great little voice note about what he thought about the series and how it helped with his son, Monty. Hi to all at Treasure Time. Uh, I'd like to thank Treasure Time for being there when the UK went into isolation due to COVID-19. I went from um, a business owner overnight to a stay-at-home parent of my lively three-year-old son. And guilty of not knowing how the mind of a three-year-old works as I've always relied on nursery, preschool. My wife and I have a difficult balance of working whilst ensuring a productive time for our little lad. Um, I don't believe the theory that three-year-olds don't need homeschooling. Um, the Treasure Time podcast gave me the push to explore learning with play and definitely calm down my approach. So thanks um, for the structure and thanks for the harmony. You've helped us massively and we wish you the, all the best. Thanks. I love that one from Dan. Thank you so much for sending that to us, Dan. I actually saw a really playful video of Dan and his son Monty on Instagram making frying pan pizzas. So it looks like they've been finding the play during lockdown too. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Dan. And we've got another review from uh, Suze, a mum of Joshua and Ella. So it'd be great to play that clip. Hi, Nicole and Sophia. I just wanted to say how great your podcasts are. I've been listening to them every day when I'm doing my cycles and my, my runs. And um, they're really, really insightful and very helpful at this difficult time for parenting. Um, so keep up the great work. Oh, I just love hearing how people have been receiving the episodes. Thank you so much, Suze. It is so lovely. Please keep them coming. We love to hear from you all. This podcast lives on way beyond us producing these episodes each week. 
and we want to always hear how they're impacting your lives. So, Nicole, what has been your top highlight of our first series of the Treasure Time podcast? Oh, big question. So many. Um, my fave moment has to be that kind of really warm, fuzzy feeling in my tummy when I saw that we'd reached the top 10 in the parenting charts in the UK. It was kind of like, no way, this is too exciting. So that definitely was was my fave moment. And it's just knowing that what that represented. So it was like, wow, the benefits of Treasure Time are actually going to be sprinkled into families' homes right now. And these are the tiny ripples that kind of mark that start of a wave of change. You know, we both sort of texting each other every morning going, <laughs> where are we in the charts today? <laughs> Watching ourselves go up. For me, my favourite moment has to be um, us nearly reaching 3,000 downloads in our first 30 days, which apparently is nearly in the top 10% of all podcasts if you get 3,000 in your first 30 days, which is amazing. Oh, and also we received over 100 five-star reviews on our podcast, which is incredible. Nicole, did you have a favorite tip, trick or activity from the series that you've enjoyed? My takeaway that would be my favorite would be the ABC exercise from Nikki, because that was new to me and the yoga breathing exercise that you did on the Facebook Treasure Time Parents group. Um, but so my favorite takeaway from this podcast series was actually a game that I suggested really early on. I think it was episode two, um, which is for helping children to feel safe and secure. I have to admit that I actually made myself a den <laughs> in about the fourth week of lockdown. So I suggested that all parents do this with their children to help them feel safe and secure. But I actually thought I should practice what I preach. I was feeling quite stressed and overwhelmed at that time. And honestly, it changed my state of mind significantly. And I also know loads of other women my age who don't have children who also made dens for themselves as a place to retreat to. So it's really cool to see that. If you haven't done it yet, just know that you don't need any kids to have a little play with the den. <laughs> and it can do wonders for your stress levels and for your mental health if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So as it's Mental Health Awareness Week, we thought we would share a little bit more about our own stories and explain to you a bit further why Sophia and I are both really drawn to this work. There are some real similarities in our stories growing up, as well as loads of differences, but there's definitely a common theme for us both. We're both the eldest girls of the family, and both of us in our own way had to grow up really quite quickly when we were kids. Yeah, I talked about this in our first episode, just to give you a little idea about why I trained as a play therapist in the first place. So when I was a teenager, my mum died. And as the, the eldest of my family, my childhood felt like it ended prematurely. I stopped playing once I lost my mum and I had to take on a lot of grown-up responsibilities. It is why I'm so passionate about helping children remain children and giving them the space that they need to process difficult feelings through play and actually us treating them like they are kids so that they can have that lovely time to continue their childhood. In some way, I think I've been giving others what I wish that I had had when I was younger. If you're curious to hear more about my story, you can jump into our Treasure Time Parents Facebook group, where I did a little live about this earlier today, and I'll tell you the full story there. So Sophia tells her story a lot because her life work has been all based around this, but I didn't even really know what my story was. Did I even have one? Um, and then I've kind of recently given it more thought. 
And my life's really been quite transient as I grew up as an expat kid, moving from place to place through childhood and for really long periods of time away from my family. So fill you in on when I lived in a jungle and a desert. <laughs> um, but first, my very first decade was in Scotland and it was in a little village between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, called Airdrie and all our family, my my mum and dad's family from Glasgow. Um, But my dad worked away from home for really big chunks of time for his job offshore. So at home, it was me, my sister and brother and my mum most of the time. And my big brother was kind of, I guess, the man of the house when dad was away. And between us, we took on lots of responsibilities at home. And really vividly remember dad would say look after your mum for me when he'd leave for the airport and <laughs> you know reflecting back I took that probably too literally and a bit too seriously and I tended to mother my own mother and my baby sister. The second decade then brought me moving to Batam Island in Indonesia so it's this tiny island 30 minutes boat ride from Singapore and it really was a jungle like no tarmac roads no shops no supermarkets, a couple of restaurants and the restaurants literally fished from one side of the sea through the empties back into the river on the other side. And it was off wooden jetties. I mean, it was, I'd never experienced anything like it. It was really basic. No schools existed. So I ended up going to boarding school in Singapore, which I was very happy about at the time, but it was a real massive change. So age 11, I found myself one of over 40 different nationalities in junior house with just under 60 children. Absolute melting pot, totally fascinating experience. It was also really hard to adjust to such a big change. And even though I completely embraced it, I did have to grow up quite quickly in lots of ways. And it, it played a huge part, I think, in how fiercely independent I became. And if there's one thing we know we can all depend on, it's change. We're all living through it right now. So when I was 16, I then moved on to Dubai from Singapore to join my parents who actually moved there two years before while I stayed with my friends and completed my GCSEs without the disruption of another move. It was then that me, my sister and my parents, we all lived together on a sustained sort of day-to-day basis for the first time in my life. And it was great. I was meeting new friends. Uh, I went to a really good school again, everything, you know, fab. But actually, I still really miss my friends. I realized that my life was really colored with loads of vibrant experiences and saying goodbye. And I sustained those close relationships across real great physical distance which is really interesting and Sophia recently actually described it to me as the invisible string it's that connection between people that you feel even when they aren't there and I I, I love the way this invisible string is what we are helping to develop between parents and their children so their children can feel really safe and connected to us even when we aren't together. And I, again, I just think this is so relevant for today's situation. When you look back on it, the importance friendship plays in our lives and how to keep them going when we're not able to hang out and play right now. We're, for our children, this is tough. 
to. They, they'll be missing a huge part of the connections that make them feel good every day and help build their self-esteem. And I, I can see this um, in my youngest Harrison, who's really missing the connection with, you know, his grandparents, friends, and, and especially his, his teacher too. And we, the boys are a, an amazing school. The schools reacted really well to this situation. They do lots of live lessons and Zoom calls every day. But it's not quite the same, is it? And so maybe this is why I'm drawn to understanding relationships and places. Studied geography at University of Kent at Canterbury with child psychology modules thrown in <laughs> after uni. Um, I then worked in marketing and advertising agencies and at Ella's Kitchen, which some of our parent, mum and dad listeners might know. And I played a really key part in the success of that business and its phenomenal growth. I'm really proud of being part of the Ella's Kitchen team. Then when I became a mum to Callum and Harrison, I realised something had to change to rebalance things because suddenly I was now too much to too many and if something didn't change I was probably going to break I could feel it there was just this just this really uncomfortable feeling and it wasn't it wasn't a good moment as to change I had to really take a look at my own behavior and there's nothing like having kids to hold up a mirror that you cannot ignore so some of that was that was kind of tough and this is where, for me, I'm, I'm just really, really glad that I met Sophia, whose story really moved me to volunteer for her charity. And I ended up in the chair role working closely with Sophia on her trustee board. I really admired and respected how Sophia has experienced the loss of her mother so young during her own GCSEs, and yet turned that around into something so incredible to help other children. So I had no idea what was ahead of me on this journey, but I just got really curious. I was playful and I was driven to helping the cause. And then it struck me that perhaps my family also needed this kind of help, which I wasn't necessarily expecting to be the penny dropping moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> we hadn't gone through a trauma like some of the experiences that Clear Sky Children's Charity were helping, I was frazzled from parenting and trying to do it all, whatever that means. But I'm proud of how we got curious and learned the importance of healthy boundary setting. And I look back in realisation that basically I didn't use any boundaries between home and work. I just worked a lot and it overspilled into most of the hours in the day. And some of that was driven by passion. I truly loved the work I was doing and I was good at getting results and that drove me further. But being completely honest with you, some of it was just perfectionism wrapped in a big people pleasing bowl, <laughs> sitting in a room with really, really poor boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and you've just got to laugh like it was it was such a oh dear this is actually what's going on and then couple that with the feeling of of real stress when I'd be leading say a new product meeting at Ella's kitchen everyone's around the table and then the nursery that dreaded call would 
come through on the mobile saying Callum had conjunctivitis and could I collect him and he has to stay home for two days and it the stress levels it, they just went through the roof and I'm I'm sure loads of you parents listening can totally relate to that perhaps except you know today in these situations yes we're at home with our children um there's, there's not the nursery nursery call, but we are doing super tricky work of homeschooling, cook-a-thon, eat, sleep, repeat. And it's totally exhausting and the boundaries on all levels are blurred and they do need to be reset. And it's, it's really, it is really hard. But there's also this absolutely wonderful opportunity to connect with our children once we can see the wood from the trees. And I, I actually, the irony is I went through this last night <laughs> And we had to reset lots of boundaries last night. And today, I'm so pleased today's been a really good day. But the past the past week has not been a good week. So um, there's, it's really, you know, we're, we're constantly having to adjust to all these goalposts that keep moving. So I, th- I think it's really important that we can come out of behind our TV laptop, you know, is it the iPad? pads is it the phone all these screens that are creating a literal barrier to our children feeling seen heard and important to their friends their teachers and their family you know that this is the reality we're dealing with so you know we're spending time with our children but I'd question if it's quality time you know what message are we giving them and how are we behaving in lockdown if I take it away from our our children, I, I know loads of parents who crave date night and, you know, they talk about date night, even though they see their other half every night of the week. And, and why is date night a thing? Well, it's a thing because quality time is a different way of being together. So I'm so happy that I got curious and was a little bit brave and leaned into being vulnerable because it feels a bit awkward and it feels a bit tough, but it does require you to be honest and been, and and by being honest and doing all those things, they get much better. And that's that's like the, you know, the rainbow at the end. So yeah, I, I just love the, you know, the, the story is, my story so far is where it is today, managing to create treasure time with Sophia, this new and simple fun way of being with our children. That's just so calming and so rewarding. And me and my boys absolutely love it. Uh, we get to see each other truly without distraction. And it does feel safe, calm and really comforting. I honestly think more families are the same than they are different. We all seek connection and to be seen and to be understood by each other. And we could all just do with way less stressing and more loving going on. Yeah, definitely we could. Thank you for sharing your story, Nicole. What really strikes me about your story is that it must have been incredibly hard as an 11-year-old to go to school in a different country on your own. I went traveling earlier this year and I had a breakdown almost every time I had to get on a flight alone and I'm in my (laughs) mid-30s. But I know you get used to it over time, but as an 11-year-old, you're really very, very brave for being able to do that. And I can see why you grew up so fast, really, at that age, but also why you keep your playful spirit into adulthood as well. Like you never really lost that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's funny because it was just part of my normal experience, but I can see now how all those experiences really shaped me. 
it's it's really interesting. Michelle Obama talks in her book Becoming about how children will invest more when they feel they've been invested in. Miss Lajam did this for me. Miss Lajam took her register when I was 12 and I wasn't there in English. And I had appendicitis and I'd been rushed to hospital on the Sunday night at school for this emergency operation. Um, so Miss Lajam found this out from Anne, who was in my dormitory at, at boarding school and also in my English class. And she's actually one of my closest, dearest friends still today living in London. Back to Miss Lajam. This teacher was so creative. She took risks. She knew when to bend the rules. She basically said, well, okay, let's take the lesson to Nicole. And she, she got the class into taxis and arrived at the hospital in Singapore. And everyone in the class squeezed into this tiny little room. And she didn't have, you know, a school trip permission slip to do this. But she followed her heart, her passion, and she taught us all a lesson about togetherness and kindness to each other, about inclusion and about helping our friends when, when they've gone through something difficult. And she always just made us feel so special and listened to and heard. I'm sure that was for many, many people in my class. She would do things like invite us all for different local festivals to experience her culture and the authenticity of her home setting, beautiful food. And she was really down to earth. She just had this massive heart and was a bit of a maverick. She was so brave and she did what she believed in. And I, I remember I just decided I wanted to be like her, age 12, sitting in that hospital room. Oh, she sounds lovely. <laughs> oh, I bet she's one of those teachers that you had that invisible string with, you know, that she made you feel safe. Yeah, so totally. Important. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You're right. Bless. That must have been really hard for you too, being 12 in hospital. Oh, nice. oh, no, I did. I did milk it actually, but yes, it was also difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thank I you. managed a whole week off school. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Well, thank you, Nicole, for like for sharing your story. It's the first time that you've you've really talked about this, and um, yeah, it's it's funny telling your story. I mean, I've I've done it a lot over the last ten years, and when I started the charity, I kind of realised that I had to tell my story again and again and again. And I, I feel like after ten years, I I know or I can walk the line between emotional and factual when I talk about my experiences. But very early on, it was really, really hard for me to talk about these sorts of things that really tearing up sometimes. But we, we learn a lot about ourselves through, through telling our stories and through being honest about our experiences and recognizing them for what they are. So, and you've been talking a lot as well about your experience of being a mum to Callum and Harrison. I'd be really curious to know what's your biggest learning been by doing this podcast and talking so openly about those experiences? It felt really vulnerable doing this, Sophia, like for me to be sharing so honestly and being able to, you know, say, yes, I struggle at times. I struggle a lot. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I know I'm not the only one and I'm so committed. I feel so passionate about helping other parents and everything that I'm learning 
by leaning into this discomfort and everything that's brought me i i think it's it's something that's worth being vulnerable for it's worth the discomfort um and there's one book that actually has really changed the way i see things uh it's brenny brown daring greatly and i was it was recommended to me um by my friend chinru also went to school with me in singapore and she said it was great for her her at work she'd learned a lot and that i might like it and gosh she wasn't wrong i felt big time for brenny she's a storyteller and she's taught me so much about leaning into vulnerability and and being a recovering perfectionist and good enoughist and i can't recommend it enough all her books are great i really really recommend brenny brown i've now read the full suite of her books <laughs> currently completely and utterly hooked on her podcast unlocking us which she started just as we started ours so i'm like oh we've got a connection with brenny it <laughs> <laughs> is amazing i absolutely love her wholehearted parenting manifesto which is from daring greatly which as an activity for you guys this week, we recommend that every parent prints out and frames this parenting manifesto for the wall. I know you have this framed up in your house, don't you, Nicole? I do. I, I framed it up. I framed it as soon as I read it. I was really taken by it um, and, and reading it. Actually, I just found it really, really powerful as a reminder of the kind of parent I wanted to be. Yeah, definitely. So everybody should go and have a look at this and either type it up or, or find a, a print and put it on the wall. But at the end of the manifesto, it says, I will not teach or love or show you anything perfectly, but I will let you see me. And I will always hold sacred the gift of seeing you truly deeply seeing you. And the type of seeing it's just, it's just lovely, isn't it? So beautiful. It's, uh, and it's what I think it's, it connects so perfectly. Brenny's got such a good way with words, but that, I think every parent feels that in instinctively and it's innate in all of us, but to practice it is not always easy, right? So the type of seeing that Brené talks about, that truly deeply seeing, is exactly what we want for parents and children doing the Treasure Time course. Sometimes we just need the words, the tips and the tools to let children know that they're seen and accepted for exactly who they are in all of their imperfection and glory. They are, after all, children, and they will make mistakes when they're learning. They will not be perfect, far from it sometimes, but neither are we. So we can role model what imperfectly perfect looks like by showing our children that we're human, by apologizing when we do things wrong, and by explaining to them when they don't understand something. As people, that's kind of what we owe each other, right? Just because they're little people, we don't owe them any less. There is a lovely quote that they use at our school, Sophia, which is, and Callum and Harrison say it a lot, which I really like, which is mistakes are the first stage in learning. Oh, I love that. It's really good, isn't it? So that's really helped have a different attitude to mistakes than say I had when I was, when I was younger, it was, I didn't want to make any mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So using our treasure time skills, we can flip this notion that we need to rule an iron fist on its head a little bit. I think sometimes we, we talked about it before, how you can worry or there's a fear that if you allow children too much control that they'll run riot or they won't be well behaved. But actually, you know, we've, we've talked about why the opposite 
is often true. And we know that children feel respected by us when we show them respect. It works in turn. And some of the best therapists that I know, children's therapists, they're soft and warm, like you would expect therapists to be on the outside. When you meet them, you feel like you're you're bathing in sunshine or you're getting a warm hug. But they oh. have this, I know it's so lovely. There's a real special quality about therapists. That, I mean, they do lots of training for lots of years, right? How to do that. <laughs> Expert. Um, but on the inside, they have a core of steel that says, these are the boundaries. And I trust that you know where they are and you know not to cross them. But if you do cross them, I'll very clearly lay out the options and the consequences for those boundaries. And this is what we can take as parents from therapy and from therapists. And we can aim to be this soft and warm on the outside, but with a core of steel, which says I'm, I'm really firm on my boundaries and I know where my lines are. And I'll explain it to you as a human being in language that you understand. I really like that image, Sophia. And I really like when I'm doing treasure time, I'm working on my core. It's kind of like a workout for your boundaries, for your relationship. Um, but one that feels really fun and enjoyable. And you know that once you've done that 30 minutes a week of treasure time, the benefits are then seen for the rest of the week. I love that. Really love how it just plays out in our house. But I just totally wish I could do 30 minutes in the gym each week and continue to see all the benefits for myself, like the actual gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why does Core that of Steel. <laughs> to create a program, Core of Steel in 30 minutes. Yeah, totally <laughs> buffed abs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing your story today. It was really like, fascinating to hear it. And you know, I just appreciate you leaning into that vulnerability too. And I'm sure all of our listeners do as well. Thank you. And so that wraps up our bonus episode of the Treasure Time podcast. And we are saying a fond farewell from us on our first ever series of the podcast. And we've had so much fun making these episodes and we hope that they continue to have a massive impact beyond this series. Come back, listen to them all again, share them with your friends. We want this, this will continue long after this weekly production is going on. Well, it's definitely not goodbye forever from us. We'll be back later in the summer with our second series. So do head over to iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you click on subscribe so you get notified when we next go live with season two. And while you're there, if you could pretty please remember to give us a five-star review and some lovely words so that we can help reach more parents. And if you're looking for your treasure time fix in between series one and series two, you can actually go and get more content from us over at our Treasure Time Parents Facebook group, where I'm live each week. And you can ask me any questions you might have about your child, about treasure time, and about anything that might be a challenge right now. And you can get my take on it, which is obviously very helpful at this time. So head over to our website to join the group, www.treasuretime.co.uk forward slash resources, and you'll see a button on there to join. Thank you so much for joining us today and for this series. We are so grateful that you've all joined us to listen and come on this journey with us. And we'll see you again in the next series where you can expect more hints, tips and activities and special guests and lots of playfulness. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 This episode was produced by a podcast company. 
If you're thinking about making a podcast and changing lives just like the show you just heard, then make sure to drop me an email, jason at apodcastcompany.com. And let's see if we can help you like we've helped Treasure Time. Treasure Time.